you're listening to That Music Podcast with me, Bryson Tarbett. I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. Join me as I dive into what it really means to be a music educator. I hope that you're able to find a nugget of inspiration each week as I share my favorite ways to create purposeful instruction through active music making. So grab a coffee, sit down, and let's get started. This episode is brought to you by ThriftBooks. ThriftBooks.com is the largest online seller of used books in the United States. They pride themselves on offering the lowest everyday price on used books on the web, with over 13 million books in stock. Everything from classic children's books like The Little Engine That Could to the latest thriller by John Grisham. I've used ThriftBooks for over two years now, and I can't recommend them enough. To save 15% off on your first order, plus free shipping on orders of $10 or more, go to thatmusicteacher.com slash thriftbooks. Again, head over to thatmusicteacher.com slash thriftbooks to save 50% off on your first order, plus free shipping on orders of $10 or more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of That Music Podcast. Today, I have the wonderful Katie Wonderly, and we're going to be talking about um, basically the craziness that's been the past few months, or a few weeks, a uh, month or so, about um, teaching remotely. So, Katie, thank you so much for taking some time and talking to me. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. So, Katie, for those of you that don't know you, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where and what you teach and really how you got into teaching music? Sure. I am in my fourth year teaching in Oklahoma City. I teach pre-K through fifth grade music um, every week. And I really, I think I've kind of known my whole life that I wanted to be a music teacher, even though for the longest time I thought that my destiny was Broadway. Um, But I think all the signs (laughs) kind of pointed to me being a music teacher. When I I have an all about me page when I was five years old that said my favorite activity was playing with little kids. And I think that that was pretty much my set and tone of you enjoy um, playing and making music. And I've always loved music. Um, And I had some really amazing elementary music teachers that inspired me. And I just adored being in their classroom at all times. And I think it was just kind of, I've always kind of known that it's what I was going to do. That's awesome. Um, so you said you're in Oklahoma, and I, I believe Oklahoma is shut down for the year. Um, but what are you, what's your current teaching situation right now? Yeah, so technically we're only in week two of our continuous learning. Oklahoma called our the first week that pretty much everyone was off was actually our spring break. So during that spring break, they um, got together and made a statewide call that they would just extend that break for two more weeks. So we had three weeks that were technically spring break. So this is the end of our week two of continuous learning. Um, But each district is kind of making a call on their own on what exactly they want to do. Our district has decided that we have to be on call during regular school hours, but that's really our only daily commitments. Um, Our music teachers district-wide teamed up to get together to create video lessons and links that we distributed along with the district-wide resources. But our district just has kind of a general website. Um, where weekly resources are posted. And so our music teachers kind of split up those tasks of who was going to do what each week. Um, But then each school is also kind of doing their own individual communication with students and helping out with those online resources. Yeah. So here in Ohio, it's a little bit different. Um, At least in my district, we are doing, um, basically, I'm expected to create one piece of consumable content, asynchronous learning um, for every day that I would see them on a normal rotation. Um, And then I have one hour a day um, of live um, 
office hours essentially I, I just sit in a zoom meeting and whoever shows up shows up um i've kind of taken that and kind of crafted it myself this past couple of weeks um and have kind of broken them up into like a k1 lesson a two three lesson a fourth grade lesson a five six lesson and then a couple days of um open hours just because having a kindergartner and a sixth grader in the same zoom meeting is not very beneficial for anyone <laughs> not at all <laughs> Um, but it's definitely been a learning curve, but I feel like I'm starting to get a hang of it. Um, but it's, it's definitely something I never thought I would have to do in my career. No, definitely not. I started that first week, um, of our spring break when things are kind of unknown and I didn't really know what I was going to have to do or what I was going to be required to do. I just started kind of planning and thinking, what can I do? How can I get music to my students? Um, and so my solution, which was my personal solution, um, was to start going live over on Facebook. So I have started I'm now in week four of that, um, doing live weekly lessons. And they're not geared towards a specific grade. Now, they're generally kind of tended more towards the younger elementary um, students just because of the way that I teach and the songs that I'm choosing. Um, but that was kind of my personal solution on I just need a way to get music to my students somehow. And my own school is doing um, we're using Class Dojo to communicate with our students, and our principal has asked all the special teachers to take one day a week to kind of get content and activities out to kids that way. So I'm also doing a digital choice board. That way, every student on all grade levels has something they could do to participate in music for the week. That's awesome. Yeah, I've done a few choice um, choice boards. I find it interesting with some of the kids. They're like, "Wait, but what do you? What do I do? What do I do once it's done?" I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, just just do it. <laughs> like, there's you don't necessarily have to turn in anything. It's just kind of one of those things where you, ha- you just do it. <laughs> it's an option for something to do. And I, I think it's funny that some of them are struggling with that. Um, well, now how do I get feedback on it? And you know, there are obviously some things that it, within the choice boards that I'm having them say, "Hey, if you want to, you can send me a picture or a video, something like that." Um, but it's been interesting to see them navigate this online online learning as well. Yeah, we I uh, was able to go up to our school last week. Um, we're doing our district is doing online resources, but we recognize that there is definitely a gap in not all of our students have internet access. And so they're also handing out paper packets throughout the week and parents were coming to pick them up and they're like, now where do I turn these in? And we're like, no, 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 no. Like, this is just aid learning, but nothing is graded during this last quarter. So yeah. even the parents are like, how, what? <laughs> Yeah, we've moved on to narrative grading for K4 um, instead of like an actual grade. And then 5-6 is doing basically incompletes. Um, so it's been interesting kind of switching the grading systems all of a sudden. But I mean, we're all in this craziness together. So I, I guess we'll all figure it out. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit about your Facebook lives because they have just been so joyful. The moments that I've caught, I, I definitely I sent this to my niece and my nephew. Um, oh, because <laughs> there's just so much joy, there's so much color, um, and it, it, you just look like you're enjoying yourself. So, but so, like, where, why was that where you decided to go to? Why, why do you think that when you figured out I need to do something, why do you think that these live Facebook things were kind of where you you ended up on? Um, I think that really the first thing was for me is how to get it out to students. At the time when I was creating all of this, we hadn't set up a class dojo page yet. We didn't really have a way to communicate with students as a whole. But I know that my um, social media had grown a lot, especially over the last few months with parents um, from my school really finally taking notice of it and following along. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to communicate with them in any way, it has to be public and I have to figure out a way to get it to them. And had really only, I mean, I knew that it would reach beyond my students. I don't know that I realized how far beyond my students (laughs) that it would reach. And it's just been kind of crazy to see um, 
how far it's grown, but it was really just started from this point of I needed it to be public because we didn't have a private way to reach students at that time. Yeah, I know. I mean, you, like you said, you you kind of jumped into it real quick. So I think you quickly filled a void that everyone was needing. Um, so that's kind of, I think that's why so many people latched onto it and it kind of spread a little bit like wildfire, um, which I think is really, really cool and awesome that you were able to do that for so many students around the, the country. Yeah, it's been it's been crazy to see how far it has reached. Like my mom's coworkers watch it during their, during their day. And then I had a, a student from Australia message me and say how much they were enjoying it. And it's just, it's blowing my mind, honestly, um, the amount of people that are catching on. But I'm just glad that it's, that I'm able to provide that for my students and for others who are just looking for some way to make music. And I think that's just what they all want. You know, I'm trying to teach some basic concepts But at this point, it's just having fun and making joyful music because we all just know how much music can affect our outlook and our um, environment. And so just providing a space for that to happen. Awesome. So what are some of the challenges? You talked a little bit about, you know, the equity of those that have Internet and those that don't. Um, What do you think are some of the challenges that you face when teaching remotely? I think my first big challenge, especially with these lives, was copyright. Um, Because the only way that I could reach my students at that time was public, I had to make sure that all of the music and the um, resources that I was sharing were fall under that category of being able to use. Um, It was really great that pretty much instantly a ton of publishers for books were giving permission to share those resources online. Um, But each publisher had, you know, had their own different way of handling it. So I had to make sure that my books that I was sharing fell under the publishers who were allowing for public um, sharing of their, of their books. Um, I also wanted to include a time for dance. My students and I love Go Noodle. We dance to Go Noodle almost every week um, and wanted to give them a, a time to do that. And without me having to make the music myself. So I, uh, reached out to Cuckoo Kangaroo, which was, um, they used to partner with Go Noodle and now do a lot on their own with their own tours and just reached out to them through their YouTube and said, Hey, you have all of these awesome videos. Can I share them in my lives? Can I include them? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. And, um, a book that I was reading had a track that went along with it, uh, that Timbaland wrote. And I messaged his producing company and they said, yeah, go for it. Um, and so it's just been really awesome to see how many people are just being so generous with the things that they have and are just offering them up to teachers to use during this time because we're all just trying to figure it out. That is one thing I've really noticed, like publishing companies, um, the, any of these businesses, a lot of them are are realizing that we're stuck and we're trying to figure things out. So a lot of us, um, even like TPT authors, are changing their terms of use to allow us to do things digitally um, and kind of a lot of like good faith copyright basically you know i mean like a lot of the um the book publishers are basically like hey you can use these books um try to make them as um secure as you can if you can't just make sure you take them down um once this is all over and i think that's a really good it's a really good interaction between these companies because i feel like a lot of times we kind of butt heads a little bit um just trying to educate our students um in in different ways so i like that we're kind of working together for the sake of our students Yes, it is. It has just been so awesome to see just the generosity of people during this time, um, specifically with copyright and things like that. And I didn't get yeses from every person that I emailed, and that's expected. Uh, But I was just surprised at how many, you know, once I kind of came up with my my go-to message that I was sending, all I had to do was copy and paste to all these people. And so many of them were responding back with just, yes, go for it, just remove by this date or things like that. Yeah. So you talk a lot about how your kind of 
broadcasting live to your students. But in what ways are you trying to make yourself available for your students to reach out to you? So like what how are you what are your steps are you taking to try to stay connected with your students? Yeah, so um, we're really using that class dojo system um, that our school has set up. And so on my day of the week, we call it Wonderly Wednesday. <laughs> um, I, I when I post, it. it's been really great. <laughs> when I posted my uh, music choice board, I'll add my email and say, if you need any help, message me through email. Or I'll say, and a lot of kids and parents even communicating with email is not their 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 choice. And so I'll say, or you can reach me through my Facebook page since a lot of them are already on there watching those lives anyway. So I had a really adorable conversation with one of my first grade students after one of my lives the other day (laughs) through Facebook messenger, they were on their parents. And so I've, it's, you know, it's definitely harder as specials teachers, I think to reach out to students individually, especially me teaching 650 students. Like I can't expect to be able to reach every single one of them. Um, And so I've kind of put it in their hands in that way. I, when I'm posting, I'll put my contact information and um, do it that way. I did initially at the beginning of all of this, um, I have a remind group for my choir personally. And we had a big concert that was coming up right after spring break. And I was just devastated for them that we had worked so hard and worked and, you know, as most music teachers are, aren't going to get to share what they had, you know, put together. Um, and so I sat down and recorded myself playing the accompaniment for all of their songs and sent it to them in a Google drive and said, here's what you can do. I said, on the day of the concert, have a living room concert for your parents. And so there, that's that's really my only direct communication I've had because I had already had that group set up before all of this happened. Um, But I've just tried to, you know, continue to share my contact info as much as I can when making those posts in our school community. Yeah. That's one of the the biggest things that's kind of hurting me as a music teacher is obviously I don't enjoy teaching online and I don't think my content really works well with it. But the big part is, I've only been able to communicate with very few of my students, even those that are like completing their work, you know, that's not interacting. They're not, you know, they might not be able to come to my live sessions because they might have other students or other people in their, in their family that need to do use their devices and things like that. Uh, So for me, you know, music is so communal. It's, it's, it's something we do together. Um, So I, I, as much as I love all these different ways that we've, we're able to connect, I just feel like I'm, I'm missing my students in that kind of personal connection. Absolutely. It's, I mean, I've received messages and I've received emails, but honestly, not a lot. And it's, and I take so much joy in the ones that I do get and love seeing the things they're doing and they're very energetic. And then I just have to tell myself, you know, perhaps and probably a lot of other students are doing the same thing. They're just not sharing it. And so that's kind of given me a sense of reassurance in this is that, you know, there are students that are doing it that aren't showing you what they're doing. And you just kind of have to trust that that is happening and, you know, take joy in the stuff that you are seeing. Cause it's, it's been, it's been really tough not having that personal contact. And so I have really come to treasure the, the small contact that I do have with students outside of that. And I, I will say a little plug for class dojo. Um, even before all this, I I love class dojo. The biggest thing that I, that is just great is the messaging within parents. It automatically translates if they need to, which yes. that right there just sells the entire app for me. <laughs> Um, and if you if your school uses it, they can add you as a co-teacher. So you don't have to set anything up. You're just able to use those messaging things, um, which I found super helpful. I just started doing that this year. And it's it's all, all, already helped the uh, communication with my students and my parents. Absolutely. We're still definitely navigating all of the ins and outs of Class Dojo. We have about 25 classes at our school. And so adding each specialist teacher as a co-teacher in every class was a little daunting. 
for us. And so we ended up setting ourselves up as school leaders. And so we can okay, post on sense. like on the class feed or on the school feed. Um, but even today, just realize that if students are on their personal dojo account, they can't see the school feed. Only the parents can through their account. So we're definitely like have not figured out every problem, but are kind of navigating that. But class dojo has definitely been a lifesaver for us in communicating as a whole. Oh, for sure. So Katie, what advice do you have for some music teachers that feel just incredibly overwhelmed uh, by this crazy transition from in-person to online teaching? I think the biggest thing is that you just have to do what you can with what you have. Now, now I know that I'm naturally the person that either does things 0% or 300%. Like either I'm not going to do it at all, or I'm going to put everything plus some (laughs) into what I do. But not every teacher should be that way or can be that way. You know, I'm a single music teacher living by myself. I don't have children. I don't have other responsibilities that I'm having to navigate during this time. Like I can focus on these big things where some other people, their attention is divided. Um, You know, I saw a music teacher post really early on in all of this on one of those Facebook groups, um, reflecting on her first online lesson with her kids and just talking about, they just want to see our faces and hear our voices. It doesn't have to be this big production with video transitions and captions and clip art, you know, like I did, I do that because I have a creative need that I need to fill for myself, but my students would still watch a selfie video of me singing songs for 10 minutes or dancing in my living room. You know, it doesn't have to be this big giant thing. They just want to know that we're thinking about them and that we care about them and that, you know, we're trying to help them during this time. Yeah. And if any of you have been in any of the music teacher Facebook groups, you'll know that virtual choirs and virtual ensembles are a hot button topic right now. And I think that all comes down to um, one, I feel like people are just tired of the same questions, but I think it really comes down to comparison. And, you know, they think, you know, if, or some people might think if one person does it this way, I have to do it or, or I'm going to look, look like I don't care as much. And I think it really just needs to come down to do what you can. If it brings you joy to do it the extra mile, if, if you enjoy editing and you want to edit it for a couple, you know, 10, 20 hours to do it that's awesome. And I think that we can all agree that that is a great um, product that you can get to. And just like you were saying about your videos, you know, you, you have that creativity, you, you enjoy doing that. So I think that's why you were doing it in that level. And so just, if that's not you just do what you can do. Absolutely. I, you know, video editing and Photoshop editing and all that stuff is something that I've been passionate about even before becoming a teacher. So naturally bringing it into the classroom and bringing it to what I do did come naturally for me. Um, but if it's not natural for you, then, then you don't need to stress about it. You know, you've got to do the things that you can with the stuff that you have already. And if you want to challenge yourself and try something new and during this time, this is a great time to do it. But if you are balancing all of these other things on your plate and teaching, you know, needs to just be a simple video, then make it a simple video. Your students aren't going to know the difference that, you know, they just want to see you. Yeah. And, and I think it really comes to, you know, I, I, I have to say, I'm incredibly lucky that while doing this, I'm not raising children. I'm, you know, I'm just teaching. This is also, I can't imagine, like, kudos to you, those that are like keeping families together and educating your children as well as your students. Like, you guys win all of the blue ribbons. Oh, absolutely. I had a couple cousins that were, their mom had to go to a thing and they came over for just a couple hours. And I was like, oh my gosh, how are people doing this all day, every day? It's crazy. So, kudos definitely to those of you that are doing that. Yeah. So Katie, what are some of your favorite programs, websites, and other resources that you've been, you found extra, extra helpful um, as you have been doing online teaching? Um, so because of the way that our district and state is handling this, like I haven't used a lot of those 
online instructional sites like Seesaw or Google Classroom, just because that hasn't been a part of our instruction. Um, but as far as the stuff that I'm doing, you know, definitely programs on my computer like iMovie have been super helpful. I've started exploring Final Cut Pro, which is kind of like the second level of iMovie. But I have used iMovie for a while, and it's been really great to kind of put those videos together. Um, I use Photoshop a lot to edit different things, but there are even some great like phone apps that you can use. InShot is a great one for video editing that it can be a little more, you can add a lot more effects and things and it's user, pretty user friendly. And then there's a, oh, several good caption ones, you know, for you're recording all these videos, but some students either can't understand or, you know, are hard of hearing and need a different way to experience that. So you can, it'll add captions on there automatically for you, which is really great. Um, as far as my lives go, I've been using a iPad app called Live Air Action. It's definitely a, a learning curve with it, but the nice thing is that it's free. And so you can go in there and download it and try it out. And if it's if you can figure out all the little nooks and crannies of it, it's really great. Um, but it's definitely taken me a little bit to kind of get used to it. But it's nice that it's free. So I wasn't paying for it and then not knowing whether or not I could use it. Yeah, having checked out your live thing, I can't believe that that app is free. <laughs> like the amount of things that you're able to do with it, that it absolutely baffles me. Yeah, it's there's so much. And there's definitely, you know, I've had last week, one another issue that I've had is my Wi-Fi. Everyone is on the internet right now. And so the way that the apps communicate is through the Wi-Fi network. Um, so that's been a learning curve too, to try to navigate how to do that. And I ended up having to pre-record one of my lives because it was just not communicating the way I needed it to. Um but the app is awesome and the things that you can do with it are really great. All right, Katie, thank you so much um, for talking with, with me. Before we head out, um, where are some way, some places that we can find more about you and, and the ways that you're sharing music online? Definitely. So I spend most of my time, I would say, on Instagram over at Miss Wonderly Makes Music. Um, I am hosting a live music class on my Facebook page, also under Miss Wonderly Makes Music every week. And then I've also started uploading those videos um, to YouTube as well. And apparently I'm on TikTok now. <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't posted a whole lot, but you know, I think it's important to, I saw um, another music teacher post the other day, you know, it's important to show our students that you can do things like that in an appropriate and safe way and still gain a following. So I think it's really awesome that teachers have started entering that realm to kind of connect with their students on that way. Awesome. So I will be sure to leave uh, links in the show notes because you guys definitely need to check out what Katie is doing over on Facebook and Instagram. So Katie, again, thank you so much. One for what you're doing with for your kids, but just also just taking some time out of your day and talking with me today. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Katie. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of That Music Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review on iTunes as this really helps new music teachers find the podcast. You can find the show notes and more at thatmusicteacher.com, and you can join the free General Music Mastermind Facebook group at thatmusicteacher.com slash mastermind. I hope that you have an amazing week making music with your kids. 